This is a presentation of the Woodland Church of Christ, meeting at 3370 Broad Street in Sumter, South Carolina. We meet for worship on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. We meet for Bible study at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday. If you have questions or comments on this lesson, you may email them to Fred Gosnell at fgosnell at ftc-i.net or to Arnie Granke at agranke.net. 440718 at TWC.com. Good afternoon. This is Arnie Granke and Fred Gosnell. This is What Does the Bible Say? Brought to you by Woodland Church of Christ in South Carolina. And uh, uh, Fred, we were speaking about uh, being a new creature. Paul had, uh, Paul had written to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse 26. He said, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you uh, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And then he wrote to the uh, uh, Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become uh, new. So we we were discussing a little bit about what's involved in becoming a, a new creature. What does that mean to us? How do we change uh, and and adjust to uh, to that? And and uh, I think the things that we want to highlight and that we've been highlighting so far were uh, a new life. We have a new life as a new creature, but also we want to look at having new attitudes, new interests, uh, new activities. And uh, uh, we had talked about uh, several people, several groups of people that had become new creatures, the Corinthians, Romans, the Ephesians, and, and whatnot. Are there, are there any other, others that we, that we haven't uh, mentioned that we ought to mention uh, that Paul addresses that subject with? Yes, uh, uh, we hadn't gotten to the Colossians yet, and, and Paul, uh, Paul has a pretty extensive uh, uh, writing there about what what they needed to do uh, in uh, Colossians uh, chapter three, uh, fourteen verses, uh, verses one through fourteen. So let's go ahead and read that. We'll start at verse one. Paul writes, he says, "If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth." For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, 
and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Of course, we understand that when the Colossians obeyed the gospel, all their sins were forgiven. They were new people. <laughs> they, uh, they were innocent. All of the sins they had committed previous to that, to the time they obeyed the gospel, they're, they're all forgiven. Now, Paul gives an extensive list here of the things that uh, uh, they needed to do. And of course, we understand when a person becomes a Christian, they don't immediately start doing everything that Paul <laughs> lists here. They're not perfect immediately. No, no. Uh, you know, as, as we say, you know, we're all works in progress. And, and we're all in, in different stages of, of that progress. So uh, once we become Christians, then we have to study the Bible and have to find out you know, what it is that we need to change. Of course, uh, each individual knows the things that, they, uh, uh, that are problems to them. And we can look at these, these kinds of lists that uh, uh, Paul uh, has here. We can say, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, uh, I lie sometimes, you know, and I'm... I, I'm not very humble, I'm not very meek, so I need to work on those kinds of things. Uh, so that's what we need to do, uh, but that's the, that's the goal, and, and that's what uh, everyone has a responsibility to uh, change their behavior uh, once they become Christians and, and uh, work toward obeying these things and, and changing their lifestyle, their behaviors uh, in, in accordance with what Paul and what the inspired apostles uh, in their writings say. People seem to think that because we live in an, in an age where technology has uh, caused so many uh, advances in, uh, our, in our living, uh, we've sent people to the moon. We're looking to send somebody to Mars here in, in the not too distant future. Uh, we, we've got radio, TV, uh, internet, all kinds of sources of, of information uh, there. And, uh, and so we think that, you know, things are really different now than they were in, in ancient times. But as you look at that list that you just read, Fred, uh, you see exactly the same kinds of temptations today that, uh, that existed in the, in the days when Paul was writing to the uh, writing to the Colossians as well as to the Ephesians and and various various others too, uh, mankind has not changed just because we've gone to the to the moon, and in fact, it, in in many ways, uh, there are new ways to sin uh, and accomplish some of the same things that that uh, ancestors from generations, hundreds of generations ago, uh, used to do. And, uh, and so there is still a need for, uh, for us to be a new creature. I live in a neighborhood where I've got good neighbors. Uh, they, they speak friendly to each other. Lady today just knocked on my door and, and brought me a piece of mail that <laughs> the, uh, the postman had delivered to the wrong place, delivered it to, uh, to her. And, and we, we, we all talk to each other and we're friendly with one another. There are differences uh, as far as uh, who we are. For example, I'm a white man, she's a black woman, you know, and what we still get along just fine. Uh, there's no, uh, no differences about that. 
Yeah. And she's subject to the same temptations that I am. And, and I'm subject to the same temptations as the uh, Galatians and Ephesians uh, were. And all of us, all of us are. So, uh, so there still is a need for us to change and become new, new creatures. Uh, as Paul said, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, or literally a new creation. It's as if he's he's an entirely different person than the than the folks than the people the the person the folks uh, uh, had seen the the previous day. Uh, he's a new individual. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things uh, are uh, become new. So uh, I think we need to evaluate our our life. Look at what tempts us look at what we've already maybe accomplished in in subduing those temptations what's still left to work on as you said of work in progress uh we need to figure out what those items are and and how we can change what we do and how we think so that we don't uh continue in in those uh sins uh so that our lives will will manifest the changes. Yes, and, and of course, one of the things uh, uh, that that uh, uh, we have done when we uh, obey the gospel, we have uh, repented. We've uh, uh, turned, and we've basically turned away from the things that we that formerly interested us, and and now we've turned to uh, follow the, the the Lord. And John says in First John two, he uh, fifteen through seventeen, he says, "Love not the world." neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, so until we become Christians, we are interested in the things of the world. Uh, this is not talking about the globe. This is no. talking about the world has a philosophy. Uh, a, a way of doing things and uh, you know it doesn't take long you know if you watch your TV it doesn't take long to see what the world's interested in and and uh, you it know, comes pretty quick as a matter of a, fact and so 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 our, our interest uh, changes from interests of the world to now interests of the Lord because we have uh, we have obeyed him and and our love is is not the things of the world of course he he notes what happens in the world. You know, the world's a temporary place. You know, everything, all the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Of course, that's the way that we end up being tempted by uh, Satan. Uh, he, uh, Adam and Eve, were tempted in that way. They were they were tempted by the lust of the flesh. They were tempted by uh, lust of the eyes, and and in the pride of life. You know, he said, "See that tree? You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with the fruit. It looks good. It's good for you." You can live by it. And as a matter of fact, he says that you're going to live forever. You'll become just like God if you eat that uh, uh, fruit. And, and so, uh, so they did, and, and they ended up disobeying God and getting cast out of the garden. So, so when we obey the gospel, we don't, we don't look to the world, the things of the world. We look to the things of God. And, of course, the things of God are what he writes to us about. And, and he writes to us uh, about changes in our behavior that are necessary for us to become his servants and not servants of Satan and servants 
of the world. So uh, our love has to be changed to a different source from the world to the Lord. And then uh, from, from satisfying our flesh, satisfying what we see and satisfying uh, wanting to live forever as a physical human being to wanting to follow what God says. And of course, uh, the end of the reading here he says, the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, so, so we will abide forever with God if we obey him and ultimately change our behavior, our lifestyle, and our interests the way that God says is good for us and not the, not the ways of the world. Sometimes we use the word, the word worldly. That's not a biblical word as far as I know, but uh, um, that's, that is characteristic of most people. Uh, we think a, a certain way. We're influenced by other people uh, to think and to, uh, to act in certain ways. So uh, that's certainly the influence that the world has on us. Uh, so we need to change our spiritual attitude so we no longer love the world, as you pointed out, but also so that we, we no longer are attracted by the, by the things of the world, the thinking of the world, the, the uh, temptations of the world, and so forth. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4 and, uh, and spoke about the some of the changes that are required in new saints and he said that you put off concerning uh, verse 22 that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man see we're new creatures now put off the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. So he, he tells you certain things that you, that you can work on to, to end these practices and how to, how to make, uh, uh, how, to, how to improve from doing those, those things in the past. Uh, put off the... Uh, the lying put on speaking truth with his, his neighbor. He said, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that which is uh, good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of, of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven uh, you. Things need to change in our life. And you know, we, certain events will occur sometimes when 
uh, in life that will alert us to the fact that that not everything is is quite as good as it as it ought to be. You you're driving innocently down the road, and uh, maybe you make a turn or you stop at a uh, at a certain point, and and somebody comes whizzing by you and make some kind of vulgar gesture at you because he's angry about something you did and all of a sudden you're wondering why shouldn't I have done that? What was wrong with doing that? I did I did what was safe or I did what the uh, traffic signals uh, indicated that we ought to do and he's angry about that. Well that that's a pretty common thing and maybe that not might not be the thing that you or I do but we have our flaws too uh, that are maybe unique to ourselves. Well, yes, and uh, 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 Peter uh, writes in 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, he says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, so first thing he notes here is that we are sojourners, we're travelers, we're, we're pilgrims. We're not permanent residents in this world. We're visitors. We're, we're visitors, we're on a journey, uh, and, and it's temporary because all we're only gonna live so long here, and, and at some point, uh, we're gonna be judged after we leave this uh, life. And he says, abstain from fleshly lusts. The, the uh, word lust there is just another word for desires. And uh, there are legitimate desires that we have, and then there are desires that are not good, that, that are illegitimate. That so, are sinful. That, that are sinful. So, so he says, abstain from fleshly lusts, and that's the, the sinful ones, which war against the soul. And, and uh, uh, when, when people are engaged in, in those kinds of things, there's a war going on between uh, that and, and their souls. Uh, you know, Jesus said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Our soul's valuable. And uh, when we uh, are engaged in fleshly lust, there's a war going on. Of course, uh, Satan is the one that provides the temptations uh, that uh, uh, we end up succumbing to. So then he says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. People watch us. Uh, when, especially when you become a Christian. People know that uh, uh, what you did, that they notice some of the things you used to do, you don't do them anymore. And then they, sometimes they'll speak evil against you uh, because of that. Uh, Peter talks about that in, uh, in, I think it's, well, I got it right here. Uh, he, Peter says in uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 3 and 4 says for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness those are the these are the fleshly lusts lust excess of wine revelings banqueting and abominable idolatries wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you so all your buddies that you used to go drinking with you know you've become a Christian you say well, wait a minute you know I can't do those kind of things anymore that's wrong and then they look at you and say, well, why don't you do that? What's the matter with that what, Fred Gosnell? What's wrong with you, you know, <laughs> you little wimp? And, and they say, oh, you're trying to judge us. And so, 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 they, so they speak evil of you. So, so, but those are the things that, that we have to change in our behavior. And sometimes when we do it, you know, our friends and our, even our family sometimes, they don't like it. And, and they start speaking evil of you. Nevertheless, uh, the Christian is uh, 
out to follow God and out to glorify Him and uh, in His uh, in His behavior. And uh, sometimes when people see that, uh, they are not necessarily uh, liking of it. That that is a problem that uh, the new Christians face: uh, the fact that that people think that you think that you're better than them because you're not doing certain things or maybe you're explaining to them why you've stopped doing those things and and uh, that aggravates them. Uh, they, they don't always like that, they'll, although there'll be some that will, will listen to that and say, so, well, you know, you've got a point and that might be an individual that we can uh, teach the gospel and help him become a, a new creature as as well. Uh, so uh, we we not only need to end our love of the world and worldly things uh, and and to avoid those worldly things, but we also need to love the things of Christ. And, and that's another project that we that we have to work on. We're, we're not just naturally attracted uh, to all the changes that uh, are required when we obey the gospel. Paul wrote to the uh, uh, Romans in Romans chapter 12, I'm going to begin in verse Verse 9. This would be a kind of another long one uh, there, uh, Fred, uh, down to verse 21. But he speaks about uh, changes that, are, that should occur and need to occur in, in new Christians, new saints. He said, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection, affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of saints, given to hospitality, bless them who persecute you, bless and curse not, Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with men of low estate. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for honest things in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt reap, uh, heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So, uh, quite a number of changes. Again, uh, it would be hard for us to list all the ways that Ernie Granke had to change and still has to change uh, as as a Christian, and probably uh, that's true of you as well. Uh, this probably is only a summary. Yes, and there's, <laughs> there's more, and, and James has a, uh, has a couple of things in, in James chapter 1, uh, verses 19 through 22. He writes, he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. 
For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So his, his, his first guidance is, uh, well, you know, uh, you ought to listen carefully and, and uh, uh, don't speak so quickly. Uh, <laughs> think about what you're going to say uh, if you're going to say it. And then he says, be slow to wrath. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people say things, you know, once you say it, you can't take it back. Yes. And, 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 and sometimes those words uh, uh, lead, uh, lead to lots of trouble. And, and then he says, you know, the wrath of man works, doesn't work the righteousness of, of God. When you get mad uh, and lose control, that's not, that's not good. And, and a Christian needs to, uh, uh, needs to avoid that. So he says, uh, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, but receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's the word of God that's, uh, that can save us. Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And, and the word is implanted as we study it and, and, and we learn what those words are, what God has said. Uh, I, th I, think it's a, I think it's a proverb that says, I, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And uh, so that we, we need to uh, study the words, study what they say and implement them in our lives. And then he ends that, he says, so be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. You know, some people go to church and they spend all this time in the church and they listen to what's said and they go home and uh, they go back doing the same thing that they were doing before. There's never any changes. They're religious. They go to church all the time. They participate in it, but but they just hear what the word says, but they never do it. And, and uh, they are deceiving themselves if they think that that's going to do them any good, James says. That's, that is a problem that we, uh, uh, that we all face. So, uh, face. so uh, we, we need to get rid of the love of the world, get rid of the love of the things of the world and the doing of the things of the world and, and, and love the things that have to do with, with Christ. These are new attitudes, new spiritual attitudes that we need to... Uh, develop and and I think sometimes people think that that when they obey the gospel and become a Christian, that that automatically uh, they're okay in in the things that they're doing. Uh, you know, after all, I'm a Christian, therefore therefore I'm a good person. That's not necessarily so, and that's why Paul had to uh, counsel these various disciples that that there were changes that needed to be done and that's true for uh for us as well and it only occurs uh, not automatically because the holy spirit kind of zapped us somehow and now we're different uh but we need to we need to see what the word of god says and and make a checklist of okay listen here's a place i need to change and uh uh, you know, check off item by item as you're working, uh, working on it. I think it also, I, I see you're turning at a passage. Did you have something? Okay. Um, I, I think also we need to think in terms not only of changing our, our spiritual attitudes, but, but uh, adjusting our spiritual uh, attitudes, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, our spiritual interests, as as well we'll only have a couple of passages on that but then we can talk about that lord willing some more uh next next week but but one of the things that 
that we ought to understand is that when people were saved in the New Testament, uh, they became steadfast in worship. And uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 uh, tells us about saints that had become Christians there on the day of Pentecost. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Well, you notice th these are items of worship that are, that are listed here. Uh, they're, they're hearing the doctrine of, uh, that the apostles had been trained uh, to teach. They're engaged in fellowship together. Uh, that involves even co uh, contributing of their means. They did that, certainly. Uh, breaking of bread was the Lord's Supper. Praying is pretty clear what, what each of those uh, things are. Uh, Fred, doesn't Acts chapter 20, verse 7 also deal with that? Yes, uh, Acts 20, verse 7 says, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. So, so, so it tells us that they worshiped on the first day of the week. And of course, again, uh, they, came, they came together to break bread. That's a reference to the Lord's Supper. The previous verse says that, that they, had, uh, they had came uh, uh, to them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days and upon the first day of the week. So, so they waited seven days. Why was that? The, uh, they were waiting for the first day of the week. There you go. So that so that they could worship with the brethren uh, uh, there at uh, at Troas. So so people sometimes uh, well you know some of the religions they they'll 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 go to worship on Easter Sunday, and that's the only time that you'll see them. The rest of the year they're gone, but disciples of Christ understand that worship occurs, worship in spirit and in truth occurs on the first day of the week, and every week has a first day, and brethren meet for worship every first day of the week if they're following the New Testament pattern. Well, we hope that uh, you found the things we talked about today uh, to be useful to you. We hope that they'll help you to, uh, to be what you need to be as a, as a child of God or to become a child of God. Uh, and uh, we hope that you'll listen to us again on the next Lord's Day. Have a good week.